Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD on Twitter. I'm the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass where you could learn the entire game theory of DFS at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me this week, uh, someone that I would, I, I guess I consider an OG to some extent, an OG to my, like, I'm not the OG OG, but I'm like a pseudo OG. And it's uh, Jesse Haven, a.k.a. Muley Haven. Uh, you said you could, it right. Nice. That, that you could see in the, in the, I see in the head-to-head lobbies in every sport that I play. Uh, occasionally we get auto-matched because we don't block each other. Uh, where does the Muley come from? It's a funny story. My, um, my best friend in high school, his grandmother had Alzheimer's and she would, she started referring to me, my name's Jesse, my first name. So she started referring to me as Jess Mule, and they all thought it was so hilarious. And then it became Mule, then it became Muley. It just sort of evolved from that. I've always been, I've always had nicknames throughout my whole life. So then, you know, back in the days when you're starting to sign on to the internet, or I, I had just made my, my last name's Haven, so Muley Haven. Most people say Mully, so I'm glad you, you got it. Oh, and it also comes down to when you get on the internet, like, if you're not the first Jesse Haven, like, you don't want to be Jesse Haven, too. You'd rather be the first yes. Muley Haven. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She didn't, she took a turn for the worse afterwards, but they all, they still pick on me about it. It's it's one of those things that was just really, really funny, and it stuck, and people, my friends still call me it. And and you've been playing about as long as I have, right? Like, five to six years? Yeah, I started, I, I checked, and I started playing seriously with like a bankroll and bankroll management in April of 2017 for baseball. Before that, I think I started just fudging around in like December of 2016 where, you know, you just bet whatever's in your account every slate and I had never heard of bankroll management. You know, I was getting picks from shows and I didn't really, I was only a baseball fan going into my DFS playing. So I never watched or knew anything about any other sports and I sort of all learned them on the job. Uh, that's um, very, so very, very similar to me where I started with soccer. So like yeah. October, 2015, it's like, I know the premier league, I know champions league. Like this is what I watch. So I could be good at this. And then you fool around and you're like, okay, 40 bucks here, 20 bucks there. Then he didn't, but I mean, coming from like, I played poker professionally. Did you have like a background because I always view, like, especially DFS got st- launched a lot from Black Friday. Yeah. And, like, in the poker community, uh, while I wasn't, like, like big into the community then, but from the experience of playing professionally for five years, like, going into the DFS lobbies, like, DraftKings for the first time, I'm like, oh, this kind of looks like an online poker lobby. Oh, okay, I get the... I And then you start comparing all these poker concepts to DFS and you go, Oh, like it's expected value. Like what prices and you're like, you're looking and you go, okay, now I have to build a lineup. that has a higher probability than these other lineups. And then, yeah. then, then you get everything. Like it's all, it, it all comes a little bit quicker to you when you've played some other type of game. It could be backgammon. It could be gin rummy. I mean, that there's certain, oh, yeah. certain things oh, yeah. that, that go get that directly compare. But did you have like a background where you were fooling around, but fooling around like to me was 
like trying to take those concepts into DFS and learn the game better and not just fooling around going, oh, I'm just going to pick, you know, just bang it on buttons and never like try to get into any type of strategy. Totally. I have a very obsessive personality. So when I get into a game, I go all in on it and I think of every possible strategy. So for me, it actually started as a kid. And I don't know if you've heard of Stratomatic baseball. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I didn't play Stratomatic. I, I played like starting line. I, I, okay. there, were, there were other games very similar to Stratomatic. Yeah. So, yes. so back then um, you could play in leagues. Uh, you could actually play in in-person leagues. And it was so funny now that I think about it. But I was valuing on base percentage i was using openers i was doing all this stuff that like the the major leagues have eventually um started to incorporate and you know i was doing that as like a 10 11 year old you have these little cards and i was so nerdy that i'd play i'd literally play out 162 game seasons and this was before you know video games kept stats i kept the stats all by hand uh, so yeah, so I was always all in on anything strategically based, like even playing Monopoly, I try to take the best strat. Um, right. You want, you want those orange properties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah See, so the fact, the fact that I know that is like, yeah, because, uh, it's very hard for me and my wife knows this to play any game like casually. Cause like my goal is to like, what's the optimal strategy? Like I, exactly. I like even with like friends of ours and they play board games yeah. and it's like, okay, we're going to play whatever board game it is. I mean, it's typically not complaints. It's not, we're not playing settlers of Catan or anything. Yeah. And it's like, like, do you really want me to come? Because to me, I can't, to me, the fun is finding the optimal strategy. Yeah. The fun is totally. not the, the let's drink a beer and have a laugh. It's like, everyone's drinking a beer and having a laugh. And I'm like, it's your fucking turn. Like, why are we, yeah. why are we waiting? Like oh it's your God. turn. Yeah, we were playing Clue with my eight-year-old the other night. And, I mean, I even get crazy with stupid stuff like that. Like, I could tell by process of elimination, I could tell my wife knew the answers, who the killer, murder murder weapon, room. And I said, it was my kid's turn, and I said, you need to guess now. Even if you don't know, she's about to win. You need to take, you know, your 5% chance to or, or you're going to lose. And it's just stuff like that you find that you do with your kids even. Right, but everyone hates you because you can't, yeah, exactly. you can't, you can't play for fun. I was very similar to video games. Like me, I had a friend that uh, me and him would play Madden or NCAA football. This is long. This is Genesis. So like yeah. this is even before the PlayStation. And uh, none, none, no, no other kids in the neighborhood wanted to play with us because we played 15-minute quarters and we ran down the play clock. And we ran the ball like 65% of the time because if you couldn't stop a four-yard run, we're just going to keep on running for four yards. We, we're oh, literally yeah. going to run every play until you could stop it. And then you run a, th- a screen pass. And then you can basically go from like one or two plays back and forth. And then you're playing against other kids. I mean, we're talking about like 12 and 13-year-olds that are that are uh, that Hail Mary every play. Fourth and yeah. 27 oh. on their own like 10 and yeah, I know analytics is like, you should be going for it on fourth down, not on fourth and 27 from your own eight when, yeah. you know, I, I'm playing, I'm playing, you know, uh, cover three. And like, I know exact, like, dude, you're, you're, you're calling the same shotgun. Like, I know the playbook. It's Genesis. These weren't like big playbooks. Like I could tell yeah. what you're doing and yeah. no one won to play. We'd win at 47 to nothing and just, and like, no, nah, we don't want to. And the games would take like an hour over an hour because 
We didn't yeah. want to play five minute quarters. We want to play fifteen minute quarters. Well, I'm exactly. kneeling on kids would yell because we're kneeling, right? Because it's thirty seven seconds left to go, and it's yeah. the, I'm, I'm kneeling. That's it. The game's over. Oh, it's not, but it's no fun. I go, no, to me, it's fun because I'm never going to be able to be an NFL coach. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to play. I'm I'm not, I'm never going to be. So my fun is acting as if I'm that I'm the coach of the New York giants. And this is what is realistic. So I always hated the video games where all the unrealistic stuff happened, where it's yeah. like, like a lot of the baseball games I found were, Unreal, like in the management end. A lot of times I didn't play. I wanted to be like the manager. Yes. And, then the, and then the team, that's why I played like uh, out of the park baseball. Oh, yeah. Football manager, cool. stuff like that. Or the career mode and just have the computer play and like Madden. Because it's like in baseball, especially like, well, there's going to be walks. I'm not going to swing at every pitch. And you know how long 162 game season when you're like, I got to eye every pitch and everything and and it gets untenable where, like, eventually, like, the computer's just throwing balls over the plate. Like, I got to swing. It's like, I'm not getting enough walks. Like, exactly. how, how how am I? This is not realistic. I'm not getting enough walks. And then you just get bored of it. But I think yeah. I think me and you, we're the exception. We're not, uh, we're not, we're not the norm. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I would keep my own stats before uh, you could do like a whole season. So my friends would just be so annoyed. Like after every bat, you know, I have like a little scorecard there right. and I'm, I'm taking the stats just cause I don't want to play one game. And I want to, I want to break the home run record or something. <laughs> I want to, I want to slug 500. So it, yeah, I've always been like that too. And it's definitely annoys a lot of people. <laughs> but I think related to DFS, I think with we're similar like that minds. I think that mindset helps. When it comes to thinking like a quote professional DFS player, because I'm, it's hard using that term. It's if you're a profitable DFS player. To me, it doesn't matter whether or not it's your main source of income, your side income, whether or not you're rich and you're good. It doesn't matter to me. Is that uh, I've I've had to tell many people that like what 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 do you find fun about DFS? And I think 95 plus percent of people that play DFS find like similar to gambling single sports betting they find it fun to have action on a game they find yeah. it fun like oh now i could watch all these basketball games and actually give a shit about it yeah. or they find it fun because it's like i think i know better and i want to you know i want to beat other people with my basketball knowledge or my baseball knowledge but coming from that video game example from the the stat example is like well, what's your ultimate goal? My, my ultimate goal is to make money. To me, that's the score. That's like, if I could increase my ROI by 1%, whatever it takes to do so, to me, that's fun. To other people, that's like, so so you're telling me that like every half an hour, you go into the like lobby and you hit the entrance button and you look at three mans and you try to find, and it's like, and and not, not for $109 head-to-heads, but like, $5 head-to-heads and $1 head-to-heads, even though yeah. you're playing thousands of dollars worth of volume, I go, yeah, to me, that's that's fun. I'm prospecting. That, like, To me, that's, that's me trying to solve the game. That's the strategy part of the game that people don't want to do because they don't find it fun. Or they don't find it fun to 
you know, right, you know, oh, well, I'm going to take a shot on this guy, that guy. They, oh, well, but this guy, like, they, they're they coming up with narratives on why to play certain players. It's like, dude, I'll play anyone as long as, as long as it's optimal, as long as it increases my expected value. To me, that's finding the edge yeah. is the fun part. Yet, I think until you, until you, until you it's kind of weird to say, until you find that fun, how do you become a profitable DFS player? Yeah. I, I always say 90% of DFS for me is game selection. I don't really watch the games. I, I have to for basketball for late. I, well, I don't watch the games, but I follow what's going on mm. for basketball because of late swap. But once my last player locks, I, I do something else and I don't check anything until the morning. So I'm definitely, I'm like you, I'm not really in it for the sweat because we've been doing this for years Nothing's really going to surprise us or or kill us at this point, and we well, can't control I, I, anything. So, like, what does it? Yeah, like, what does it really matter? Yeah, I'd much rather be taking in a movie or listening to music. I'm I'm more I prefer like artistic stuff like that over sports anyway. Um, but yeah, like you said, I'm I, I'm the same as you. I'm always uh, looking for good games all day long uh, you know like like you go to the bathroom you're checking you're you're on break from work you're checking it's non-stop and that's the that's the most time consuming part but it's the most beneficial part right, well sure. especially for you because you i mean you're pretty much a strictly a cash game player yeah i am i am for nba and football for the for football i'd probably do about five to ten GPP teams. And then NASCAR is the only sport that I do 150, but I also play cash. Uh, NASCAR is the only one I can really do it because I'm so busy with my kids. It's it's a once a week thing that's on the weekends and I, there's no late swaps. So I'm able to MME for that. But um, And golf it's would really, be the same way, like if you did golf. Yeah, I'm so bad well. at golf. I haven't really tried to MME it. I, I tried cash a, a few times, but I've never had much success with golf. But I'd probably play it a lot like NASCAR because of the the variance and the fact that people can bust out. Like missing the cut is like crashing, I'd assume. So in NASCAR. Right. And once once like Thursday morning comes around, like you're you're locked. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Like, there's the, the, you can feel free to watch the event all you want or play the showdowns or anything but at the end of the day i mean the worst part about golf is that uh that if your lineups are dead they're just they sit around and they, you have to look oh, at them I through hate, sunday <laughs> yes i hate the multi-day sweats it just uh and especially like if you find yourself like if you check it on your lunch break at work it just i don't i i do not like having any sweats while i'm working <laughs> my day job uh but i mean the fact that you just play cash games, I mean, obviously your your variance is going to be low. I mean, what what attracted you primarily to... Because like, I play both. Like, I play everything. So, like, to me, yeah. like, I'll play cash in any sport. I'll play... I mean, like, you know what I'm doing this season for NBA. I'm going to do it for MLB. I'm, I'm trying to... My goal, my fun, I think that's the best... Like, you have to... Find a way to make, I think if we had a, a theme of this episode, find a way to make the boring stuff fun. Yes. So like, exactly. like uh, I'm trying to make it so that I could spend the least amount of time and make the most amount of money. Yes. And, that, and that's like, so funny. Right. So, so like I could make more money by paying more attention, but what's, what, where's the diminishing return there? So yeah. like to me for cash games, it's like, if I, if I could 
If I can make a good ROI, just basically taking projections and just saying, you know, solving the knapsack math problem and there you go. And then focusing on GPP and then only focusing on five lineups. It's like, okay, so now I don't have to worry about late swapping 120 or whatever. Like how much, how much time to money am I getting? Because in the past, it like I spent so much, so often doing large field GPPs and sweating over my cash lineup. Like I'm doing it by, I'm looking at projections, but I'm still doing it by hand. Should I play this 2v2, this 3v3, this thing, that thing? And then I'm still building a hundred GPP lineups. So now I have to spend an hour to go through that and then possible late swaps and head to head swaps. Am I behind? Am I ahead? All that type of stuff. And my attitude is like, how, how much more ROI am I getting doing all of that versus simplifying it and still being profitable? And not saying that I, so I could go off and watch a movie on Netflix or spend time. I don't have any kids. I'm not going to spend time with your kids, right? <laughs> I uh, hope not. But but ultimately, that's to me, that's the thing that needs to be. That's the that's the problem that's being solved. Of how much how much money can I make for the least? How much money can I make the most amount for the least amount of risk and the least amount of time? Because then once I have that process down. I can now spend the time on other money-making endeavors. Now, I, I mean, like I'm taking finance classes now. I'm learning stock market stuff. Not necessarily the day trade, but it's like I knew enough to a certain point, and I'm like, well, maybe I should get a little bit more serious and see see if there's, if I can increase, if I can make money that way, and then now have, now use the time for that so that I'm constantly building upon you know, every minute of my day is monetized to some yeah. extent and to the point in which I'm happy. I don't have yeah. to make $7 million in a year. I mean, just to the point where I'm good. And now I have six hours of the day where like, I don't, I don't have to monetize that time. Like that's the time that I could spend with my wife and, and have a, have a normal life. Like yeah, I mean, that- you, you have a, I mean, you have a job, so it's like, it's a, and and, a fa- and obviously kids and everything. So obviously yeah. that takes up a lot of time. Is is that one of the main reasons why you play primarily cash games? Where it's, like efficiency wise, as long as you have a, could beat the rake, like the it's the least variance, and you get a decent enough return if you within your means of your bankroll, you're unlikely to go broke. So like exactly. that's that's the index fund investing of of DFS and instead of I need to win the Millie maker type of thing. Yeah. I will never enter those top heavy tournaments um, because I do have low stakes eligibility. If I do MME, I'm just doing all the low stakes stuff. And I, I totally agree with you. Once the pandemic hit, uh, but right before it hit, I was so burnt out because I was still going to work commuting five days a week, I'd get home, you know, like driving in a snowstorm, you get home at like six forty-five, seven o'clock, you have to neglect your family and crunch. And I had been doing like MLB cash and one fifteen uh, for a while. And then basketball, it, it, I just got overwhelmed and I really wanted to quit. So the pandemic was a really good reset for me. And exactly like you said, I, I, I stopped looking at the slate early in the day I, st- I used to go pull up the CSVs from the night before and study the double up, study every single lineup, every single player, so I could see what sharp players were doing. I did that every day. 
um, I started just, I, you know, I'd have buddies that would text me at like four thirty, five o'clock. What do you think about the slate tonight? And I'm like, dude, I don't even look until six, six thirty now. I mean, you're just wasting your time even asking me. So I, I've always just since then, since having that reset from the pandemic and actually getting to have all that extra family time, I, I told my mindset totally changed. And I said, I can gr- I've done this three um four years now i know what my expectations are like you said what what my roi can be and it's really not going to change that much if i'm building stupid cash lineups at noon that day that are just going to be obsolete you know i can go in run my projections if there's somebody i want to lock in if there's somebody i want to x out but pretty much i stay close to the numbers and it's just like so much easier and it's not going to really change that much you can a lot of people like to use brain but I don't know anything about the, the, the sport, you know, so my, my brain plays aren't going to be that good. So why not just go with the math? I do try to like use late swap equity and always be cognizant of that. And that's really important. So if there is a projection, maybe if I lose a couple projection points, but I have more later guys, I know Mangone was talking about this. I'll, I'll side with something like that, but yeah, it, minimizing your time and just, just working on game selection is the most important thing I do now. Right. Well, some people, some recreational players actually think the opposite. I, I, I've talked to so many that like the, one of the questions I'll ask is like, how much time do you like? I don't like people. I have a nine to five job. I don't have time like you. They look at me, right? I do a show for Roto grinders at 11 o'clock in the morning and Monday through Friday. I do this podcast. I mean, I do the core. I mean, like, like DFS is my life. It's, it's, it's my, it's my income now in in general across across the board the majority yeah. and they go well i i you, you have an advantage on me like uh i work nine to five i come home i don't i didn't i'm not doing research throughout the whole day i'm not i'm not studying this throughout the whole and i say like dude you probably spend more time in your lineups than i do like like you're probably you're you're what what, what what's the expression you're you're like you're not working smart you're working Hard, but not working smart. Yeah. Like a, a, a lot of my progression in DFS was figuring out what doesn't matter. Not figuring out what does matter. And the longer you go and you start seeing what really matters, you could throw out so much time where you have to spend three hours to get, like, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but like the edge is like min- so minimal that, What's the point? Why am I spending three hours on this? I remember oh, I, yeah. I, I I spent I spent an entire summer analyzing like pitch effects data <laughs> when it came out, fan graph stuff, and I was doing it manually. So I wasn't even like I wasn't plotting stuff. I wasn't an R. I was just like I'm just I want to see if something is there, and if something is there, it'll appear its head in three months. Like if I just track it, and then I just find that nothing's there, and then I go. So why the fuck am I even looking at any of this? Like this is like it there's there's no predictive there's such limited predictive ability here that there's no like what's the edge? I would have to it would take me an hour every day to go through all of this stuff because there weren't any tools that utilized it yet. And then once tools came out to utilize it, I knew that it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> so other people would look at it and I go well, doesn't doesn't I I've, I've done this. I've gone down this rabbit hole before. This shit doesn't really matter. And anything that you say that it does matter, it's all fucking confirmation bias. Oh, but it said that he hit this pitch. Well, who gives a shit? This is all descriptive information. It doesn't fucking matter to the extent in which you're spending so much time on it. 
So, like, I, it, it to me, the time is not the, is, is not the benefit. Like, me and you, we're profitable players. You have guys like Osimo, right? Alex Baker and Brick, Brian Hooper, and most of them have processes. Most of them, when they started, they were spending five hours a day mastering the game until you build a pro. And as you get better, it's as you get better, the less amount of time you spend on it, not the more amount of time. So when sure. recreational players are like, well, I don't have all day like you. And I'm like, dude, if you get as good as we are, you won't need to spend all. You could go from a nine to five job and go directly and pat your kid in the head. All right. And you said, kiss your wife, have dinner. And it's now six fifteen, and you still literally have no idea who's even on the slate. Like you have no idea what baseball games are on and what times they're on or anything. And that's the first time you look at a slate, you have 45 minutes to lock. If you're good enough and you have the tools, obviously, like there's no reason you can't be profitable in 45. I mean, just 45 minutes worth of just dead start. Like not even like taking a peek the day before, like you said, the most amount of time you're spending, obviously it's 615. You've missed out on like, 22 hours worth of contests being posted. So like when you say you spend the most time, I I'm a great, like every break that I have after we record this podcast, the first thing I'm going to do is go to the fan duel lobby and see the hundred mans that are the re the respawns go through all of that. Go to the uh, uh, DraftKings lobby, go, go into the three mans, go into whatever, see, see what I could find there. Go to Yahoo. See if they posted any more 50 man, 50 fifties. Because I want the biggest ones possible. And then you repeat. Then as you get closer to lock, you're repeating kind of that process. And then you're really not building anything until an hour before lock. NBA, I mean, NBA is just, come on. What are you building at 11 o'clock in the morning for? And NBA is just stupid. Like, like a lot of times the lineups that you're making at seven don't even matter. And that's yeah. and that is lock. And it's like, okay, we, we have 17 things to worry about at 10 o'clock games. So maybe I'm just not going to just fade the first games because we still don't know what the hell's going on. And then people are still talking to me going, oh, I don't have enough time like you do. It's like, dude, <laughs> like they're there in the Roto Grinders Discord talking about like the night before, right? The night before it's one o'clock in the morning. So do you like this guy tomorrow? It's like, dude. Tomorrow, dude, the world may blow up by tomorrow. It's NBA. Yeah. I mean, it's like at least at least with baseball, maybe you get pitching matchups and you could be like, okay, I could get I could get a sense of this. Uh, but like so, like soccer is like the starting 11s could be different all the time. So like when I yeah. do the Rotowire soccer podcast, I still do that. They go, well, what what's the what's the edge if you're going to essentially I, I just write the cash lineup on the, the show. I mean, it's essentially, you'll know exactly where, as long as no starting 11s are changed, like you pretty much know what I'm going to be playing. And I play cash games and I'm profitable. I mean, there's a yeah. very small lobby. But the thing is, is that 10 o'clock comes, 9 o'clock comes, and this guy's in and this guy's out. And it's like, well, how does that affect the team? Well, I'm not going to be there to hold your hand. You're going to have to make, you're not going to get the starting lineups until an hour before. So yeah. you have to throw all that out the window. But, I mean, but, you, but you've shown that, like, it's, I think it's more common than not. I don't think it's talked about enough in the, com in the community or on Twitter or whatever. It about how little, how the better you get, the little, the less time that you spend. But do you think that 
the reason why it's not talked about enough is because it, especially from the, the people that do content. So I would consider myself a content creator. And does it benefit, does, which sounds better? Me saying, I spent eight hours researching everything and here's what I found for all, all my minions. Gather <laughs> around and here are thy picks. I have them on these two tablets. Then saying what I normally, I'm the opposite. I'm like, play what the fuck you want. I mean, as long as you're building a good lineup. Yeah. For the contest that you're in, like, just, dude, I look at the fucking projections. So, like, just look at the yeah. fucking projections and build a lot. Well, what do you think of this guy? I don't think anything of the guy. I, yeah. I, it's the numbers. So, but that comes down to if everything that you could research is already in the projections, then why am I doing any of the research? But, you under you could understand why a recreational player, like, it comes from the uh, maybe it's an American mentality of like I put in the hard I put in the eight days yeah. of work eight hours of work and I deserve to reap the benefits, and when you say it's like nope I did I did a half an hour of work and made uh, fifty thousand dollars yeah like they don't want to believe that that's possible like that's oh. lucky when in fact that's actually the byproduct of you being good because you can do it in a half an hour. Oh yeah, you'd be. I'm sure you know too. But some of the best cash players I know that probably playing four or five times as much volume as me, playing every single slate, turbo night. Some of them are going in at six fifty-five, five ten minutes before lock. They have a really good model or a really good aggregate. Um, you know, like they're using stuff like trim, stuff like that, to to really. To, to have the best projections really. And, and they're crushing it. You know, <laughs> it's that simple. Uh, you don't, you're not going to hear a lot about that type of stuff because people do want to sell content and they want to get podcast ears on podcasts and, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, another thing I, I did was stop listening to a lot of podcasts. Like I was telling you, yours is the only one I really listened to. I like the Levitan um, solo pod, but yeah, j just taking a lot of that time out of your, out of your life is, is nice. Well, the macro stuff, like I prefer the macro to the micro and it's not yes. that I have anything against the micro, like the micro would be like slate specific type of, this is what's going on today. Like to me, to me, I just view it as, Oh, you're explaining the projections. Yeah. Like, like anything that you like, I, it's not that I disagree. I listen to the, the, the Roto grinders content. I listen to awesome old content. I, I, I watch, I, I, and I think, I think for the most part, most, most of players are, are good. I mean, like, are, like, I don't disagree. I'm like, I'm listening going, yeah, you're absolutely right. But I'm also staring at a, at projections that show the same exact thing. Like there's the, there's nothing for me to disagree with. I mean, the guy's the highest point per dollar value according to our current projections. So yeah. you don't have to explain about his rebate round rate is going to go up or is, or, or, oh, the pitcher throws garbage and it's like, and he has a, ISO from the left side of the plate. That's a million percent. Like, like, yes, he's like, he's literally the top projected play on the slide. Like, like I, I don't need, like, that's, that's another thing. Like, I don't need to, I don't feel compelled or maybe you do because we we like finding the answers to stuff the, in DFS. The I don't need to know why you don't, have, yeah. as long as I have the answer, I don't even need to know. I don't even care about why, because if that's going to be the most efficient way for me to make the most amount of money, who gives a shit if the projection models, if, if the projection model's good and I don't need to know why, and it just says, uh, this is the line and you can put this stuff together and build good GPP lineups. 
What do I care? Oh, that's oh, that's the reason he projects well. well what do I care? The best content is Evergreen, in my opinion. Uh, your podcast is something that you could go back to any episode, and it doesn't have to be based on what happened the last week in NFL or what what's going on that night in NBA. Like the the you'll get nuggets and content that that's going to be relevant a year from now. And that was another thing. My good friend um, John mm-hmm. uh, JG, uh, he did the site that we worked on um, was all pretty much evergreen content. Like you can go back and look at stuff and, and it's going to teach you, you know, fundamentals and principles and, and game theory. And, and I did a lot of cash game stuff on there. And I just, I like producing videos or podcasts that people can, that are, that are always going to be relevant that aren't going to go away in a day. And that's the most important stuff in DFS as, as I'm sure you've agreed. Cause that like someone like you, your content has always been like that. I remember, discovering your youtube videos back when i started playing and i had never heard anybody saying you know some touts are full of shit (laughs) or or this is like this is leverage this is game theory back then they weren't doing that type of content Uh, and it was so important and like i said you can go watch those videos today and they'll still be my old periscopes where i just get on and and just i would just answer questions and then occasionally i would get so many of the same question that it's like let me just have, I'll, I'll write this down on little, like I had little pieces of paper. I'm like, this is what a projection looks like. This is what, like, but only because it's the stuff that I, when I started in October, 2015, where is the theory of poker for DFS? Where, where is, where is that? I want to read that. Where's that? Bales had some books, right? It was a lot of, it was, lot, it was still beginner stuff. I, I saw the game theory and I'm like, okay, I, I, now I understand what ownership does and what causes this thing. Okay. But I mean, most of the stuff is like beginner stuff. And I know yeah. Bales knows his shit, but it's like, what, like where, where is, where's the two plus two book? Where's, cause that's how I learned poker. Exactly. So like, that's to me, that's what I'm giving back. And I, I know from learning poker that the concepts will help you. But I, I'm I, it, I'm not giving away I'm not giving away the edge. You still have to apply it. There's so, there's only so much that like you could you could do from reading a book. Like you have to actually do it. Yeah. I can explain late swap dynamics all I want in the abstract, but until you're 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 live and you have a two v two versus a head to head opponent, and you and you don't know what the two v two is. You could guess and you go, well, he has, uh, you know, this spot open and that spot open and they have X amount of salary. And based on, I believe this opponent is observant. Most likely they're playing chalk this guy and whoever's there for 4,700. So it's like, or it could, and then you find out it's some other 2v2. So now you have to think in your head, like, okay, probabilistically, what is it? Then you have to compare the projection of the two. Then you have to go, well... It, is the late swap going into the... Maybe there's a 10 o'clock game and a 10.30 game. So you're like, I have a half an hour to see what this guy is going to start his first rotation in basketball. And then maybe I decide to do like... How how are you supposed to... How are you supposed to be good at that without actually doing it? How could I explain that in a book other than... We'll see what your projected points between the two. Calculate the salaries and go... Well, it can't. Well, this guy must have these two guys. Well, is it a must? Maybe ninety-eight percent of the time. So you have to think of: Do you block? Do you not block? Are you ahead? Are you? What times are the games? Like that. That that situation is nuanced enough that every slate it will be different. 
So the only way that I could teach is by being aware of what that situation is, what the variables that you need to weigh in your head. Because we'll have people even on like shorter slates. Oh, can I, can I, uh, they'll they'll call me like full of shit for saying two of the opposite things. It'll be, it'll be a 12 game uh, baseball slate. And they're like, uh, I'm I'm just going to play all one-offs. I'm like, that's fucking awful. Like, don't fucking do that. Like, like stack five guys on DraftKings and fucking you're done with it. And then it'll be a two a two game baseball slate night slate, and they're like, oh, I'm just gonna play five. They was like, oh, so I'm gonna play five three. I go, no, nah, that's probably a horrible strategy because you're gonna yeah. get duplicated because it's a two game slate. And so I, this is this is the time to play the two twos. And you play two batters against your starting pitcher, and they're like, but you didn't tell me that that's what you do for a, like the last yeah, because it was a twelve game slate. You have other options now. You're playing a an eighty thousand entry GPP where. Like if you set your like against pitcher to be zero and stacks to be five, it's like you're gonna have a lineup that's duplicated seventy four fucking times because like like that's the default what everyone thinks like. So now now you could win with a three man stack and a guy against like, but those are the variables, like the variables of the slate size and the the strength of the field, the entry fee and all that types of things that, uh, like you wrote on on Bridge the Gap. When 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 it was around, it's still up. Those articles are still up. Yeah, Those videos yeah. are still up. Like, I think understanding what the variables are are more important than like what, like how what satisfies those variables because I can't tell you what they are on any specific day. In the same way that if you listen to a show and oh this guy's a good play, it's like well a good play in the context of what? It's not a good play in the context of if you're building a if you're playing a cash lineup in a large field GPP, oh, but they're all the best plays. You're not going to win that way, right? It's not in the context of that. So, uh, but the problem is, is that, you know, 95% of people, like, it's very hard to, th- it, it's a non-linear way of thinking. And sometimes I get, fr- and, and to me, I don't know about you, well, me, I because I, I, I have to deal with questions. I get burnt out a lot on it it's the dunning like it, it i think it's the dunning kruger effect the opposite way most people think of I'm the dunning kruger sure. effect as you know stupid people don't realize how stupid they are but it also has to do with smart people don't understand like how smart they are in comparison to other people where i i look at them and go how like how, how do you not how do you not get it like how like yeah. i don't some of the simpler concepts i just go like maybe you should just quit DFS because like I just I can't put even when I started playing I got these concepts I yeah. implemented it took me a while to figure out the nuances to do it all but it's like how do you how do you not get that like betting on a six sided die roll getting three to one odds like like that's not a, that's a bad bet like why like I how do how am I supposed to help you from here like if you can't get that like you're fucking dead yeah. I've used the I've used this example in the past. I know it's because I used to do uh, guitar lessons. I went to school for music and everything, and I used to do guitar lessons. And I'd say one out of every twenty kids was actually, you know, understood it and actually practiced and worked at it. And the other nineteen, you're just taking their parents' money. And what are you gonna What are you gonna say to them? What are you gonna say to the parents after? you've been doing lessons for two months and they're not making any progress. 
it's just not everybody gets it. And DFS is the same way, you know, and I'm sure you deal with those trials and tribulations a lot. Um, but it's, it is very fulfilling when you get the one person that does get it and goes on to, 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 to beat play me. For the rest I of love life. them to yeah. beat me. Yeah. Then they go on to, <laughs> they go on to do better than I do. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. But that I mean, but that's what I rely on. I mean, I, to me, am, am I the only person that does content that says transparently, Here's 100% of what I do. I'm not hiding anything. And I don't yeah. mind me telling you because I know 95% of you are going to fuck it up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I'm just like, I think I, I truly think 95% of you are going to listen and go, okay, they're gonna, you're going to buy my course, theoryofdfs.com. You're going to get a lot out of it. And, and, but you're just not going to apply, just not going to apply it well enough or, or you're not going to keep pace with the industry. And I, and I'm going to constantly be learning past that and improving my process that you're never going to catch up to me anyway. So what do yeah. I give a shit? So why not, why not make a little money on the downside? Right. And then you yeah. move it up like that. I mean, the same thing of like, I'll go on a show and say, here it's, here's who I'm going to play tonight. Is that like, we, we both yeah. know that in GPP, you're going to lose 90% of the time as it is. So like, I'm going to be yeah. wrong nine out of 10 times anyway. And then what ends and up that's... happening is like, Oh, you were wrong. And now uh, you're horrible. And I'm like, well, yeah. Like that, uh, I don't know why I called Muley Man, Muley Mang, Muley Haven, Jesse. Uh, yeah. Don't you? Would you agree with me that uh, the 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 only thing that matters to you, as far as proving to yourself or to other people that you're a profitable player, is your roto tracker? Oh yeah, yeah. Like because I. Because I play mainly head-to-heads and three-mans, 50-50s, a lot of stuff that doesn't get tracked by, like, an RG ranking. You know, my I don't have anything uh, to brag about. You know, I don't have any, like, big standing in the industry. I, but, but my, and, and, the, and like, just like you were saying, I don't really care about being transparent because I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to grind $2,000 a month playing cash. Uh, if I can get 24, 25,000 a year playing cash, and then maybe I hit a GPP or something and double it, or, or maybe I have a bad year and I only make 15,000 playing cash, but I make another 10 playing GPP. Am I really going to brag about like a McDonald's salary? But I mean, it's a side salary. It's not your main salary, but I'm talking about about as far as like, like, I know you're a profitable player. Like you don't have to show me your rotor tracker. I I just I I know it from seeing the contest, seeing your lineups, being for oh, yeah. the past four or four to five years. But from from in to me, that's the only thing that proves. Like a screenshot doesn't matter to me. One big win doesn't matter. I mean, like just like if if you can't show your rotor tracker, then just shut the fuck up. Like I'm I'm yeah. that I'm that type of like just show it. And what's what's the big deal if if you're in position to? You're not you. Like you said, is there a reason there's no, there's no purpose for like, it, it, but there are tons of great DFS players that no one knows who they are. Yeah. Right. It, I, 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 there are plenty of them. I want to get on the goddamn show, but they won't want to fucking, they don't come on. I have plenty that I have DM conversations with that <laughs> people think that they're bots because yeah. they're not even active that much on Twitter or anything. And I'm like, yeah. it'd be nice. Can you come on that? That say that they listen to the show. And then, and they go, okay, would you come on? Cause like, you're, you're, you're a professional. Like I would look at like, and go, I go, no, I don't want anyone to know who I, I they, because what benefit there have nothing to sell. They've 
I want to be unknown, just winning everyone's money. And like that, oh, and yeah. truthfully, I have to respect that because that isn't that the op isn't that the optimal strategy? Oh yeah. And and you know, you know, I'm always thinking of edges, and I probably shouldn't say this, but one of the reasons I, you know, we weren't getting John was doing his site for free. Uh, you know, I wasn't asking for money to contribute to him, um, and I didn't want to. Part of my reasoning was just getting my ma- my name out there as somebody that was competent, so the pros would start to avoid taking my head heads. Like I was always trying yeah, to take one step back. Do you really do you really think Empire Maker gives a shit that you're writing on a site? He well, doesn't he, care. I block him. He's right. Blocked. Yeah. Right. That's what. That's him. what I'm saying. Like he doesn't give a <laughs> fuck. True. Right. You're right. Maybe I was thinking of it more from like the smaller stakes guys, but no. Just sometimes they like, come after some... you. No, Jesse, they come after you. I could take. I'm playing you in a head to head, and then they'll send you a DM. They say gotcha, like in a two dollar head to head or something. I'm like, oh god. Like I played fucking three hundred of them today. Like uh, that's fine, but I mean, just realistically, I'm gonna lose like forty, at least forty percent, probably forty, forty to forty two percent of the time. Yeah. So, oh, great. You got me today. Right. I mean, but yeah. to me, I have to view that as the nice hand in poker. Like if someone, yeah. someone, oh, I got you. And I look at their lineup and it's like fucking, they got like Lamar Stevens or some bullshit and their small forwards, but like some lineup I would have never played. Oh for, yeah. For cat, head Last... I just have to tap my do what you do in poker. You tap your, your hand against the table. You say, nice hand, sir. And you move on to the next slate. I mean, just like, you don't want to make them yeah. aware that they're fucking horrible. Like, last la- last Saturday, I got scooped at a, I think it was Saturday, it was the night Siakam was out. I got scooped on a 215, 109, 50, 20, 10, 5, all by the same guy. I go to look at his lineup. No Lowry, no uh, Chris Boucher. But that's a racer, sorry. Bo- Bo- who's the guy that? Boucher. The center for- yeah, Boucher. Boucher, yeah. Right. Boucher, I'm saying that. See, I matter. showed what I know about players. But yeah, so he. I see that he faded both of them. Guy doesn't have any Raptors. I'm like, I'm golden. He then the guy pulls a Draymond sixty one mm. out of his ass and I get cleaned out and that's that was half the money I had in that night I only sold like eight hundred dollars a head <laughs> just like well there goes my night you know yeah but so. when you look at the line if you look at the projection between the two lineups that you played you're just like fine if you want to play a lineup that's twelve points yeah. medium projected what am I supposed to do I mean that, that, yeah. that's what it and those are the positions you want to be in. Yeah, you say, I hope he gets me tomorrow. Right, <laughs> right, right. You're, you're looking, I, I hope he won, so he continues to play shitty lineups. And that's perfectly fine yeah. to me. But I mean, yeah. but, you have, but you have nothing to gain. from, Like you said, you have nothing to gain to be transparent. I mean, you have nothing, like, you have nothing, like, it. you don't care about pride or anything. I mean, you're on Twitter or whatever, and you tweet it once in a while. But, like, you're fairly unknown, yeah, uh, I'm not doing screenshots. I mean, right. I respect people that don't do. I like people that 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 win a bunch and don't screenshot it out. Like, uh, didn't Headchopper win like a million? And he didn't even <laughs> make a beep out of it. That well, was someone cool. else. Did. I mean, other people did, but I mean, I don't okay. care. See, that's the stuff that I don't really care about or whatever. But still, it comes down to me. It's like, okay, screenshot all you want until you show me your rotor. Until you show me your CSVs, like, like I don't know how much you lost. I don't know how. I mean, yeah. like, like. We, we all know that this is like, like what me and Eric talked about a while ago where, you know, someone will see you win 50,000 and go like, oh, well, how much did I win for the year? And they think that it's going to be over that as if like yeah. it needs to, you also need to cover all your losses with that as well. So when it's like the number is lower than that first place finish, they go, 
well, why? It's like, well, that's that's the reality of playing DFS. That's, that's yeah. That yeah. that is you're gonna lose more often than that. You look at a Alex, he's posted his right year over year and it's shown like an an overall ROI of like four percent. Yeah. And you go, well, he's the number he's the number one ranked DFS player in the world if you go by the volume driven and Roto Grinders rankings. I'm not disparaging yeah. him, but obviously the RG rankings are not are not the, the best disseminator of like who the best is. Uh yeah. But a four percent ROI, but four percent ROI on like fucking fifty million dollars of volume. I mean, so yeah, exactly. So that's a lot of raw money, but it's not like like most people would look at four percent and go, really, that's it? For but of course this is four percent daily churn. So like it's a, it's 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 compounded. People don't oh, really, yeah. don't don't like when you play. For instance, you you play cash. Do you, do you play a percentage of your bank? Like you sound like, like you just want to make $25,000 a year as supplementary income to your normal job, to your normal yep. life and everything, which is, which is commendable, which is, is less than what I'm aiming for. And I'm, and yeah. I consider myself to be the nit with the goals. Like if I could make 50 to $75,000 a year, as if I had an entry level job somewhere, so I don't have to fucking go to, I could just wear my pajamas all day. Like I got the life. Like to me, that's yeah. to me that's the dream. Seventy five thousand dollars a year to not have a boss, and this is what I do. I, yeah, I don't need more than that. But do you do you play percentage of your bankroll, or because obviously that grows. So obviously the more yeah. money you make, the more you could risk, which means the more money you could make. Like it progr- it's compounded over time. Are you? But you sound like if you have a strict goal of like twenty five thousand. Well, it's more yeah, likely so that, that you bank money and you're just like whatever bankroll I need for this expected return, like everything else you're just putting into savings, your you know college kids fund or something like that. Yeah, no. So what I I've heard you discuss this too, and I think this is another way we're very similar. I started with like eighteen hundred dollars. And I played maybe like five to 8% of that. And as I grinded it up through the years, you know, when I say 25 K a year, that's like what I'm talking about for cash games Mm -hmm. mainly. And then anything on, you know, I could have, I could lose a little in GPP or, or or hit a bank or something. And, and then it, maybe it's more in the 50 to 60 range. Right. But you're not playing high value. I I mean, you're not playing like everyday high volume GPP. So it's no, no, it's not going to be these big swings or anything. Yeah, no, NASCAR is the only sport that it would be like that for me. But even then, I probably have like 30% of my volume in cash for that. Mm. So, yeah, so the games, obviously, if you're like me and you withdraw the the higher dollar head-to-heads before they sell, like at 657 or whatever, some days you're just not going to get the volume. Like, I I barely go over like one to two percent and some of that is by choice and some of it's just because at this point in the nba season the games aren't selling as well like some days i won't sell any 109s some days i won't sell any 50s so i'd never know how much i'm gonna have in play on a given slate which sucks because if you didn't sell as much one day and you had a killer team and then the next day you sold more you know that can be a bummer but i really i really don't ever go above one or two percent of my bankroll because i hate losing like four figures in a day and it's just not worth the stress to me and and that does cap my upside like obviously somebody that like awesome if he's grinding a five percent 
ROI and I'm grinding a 20% ROI, he's still making a shit ton more than me, obviously. (laughs) And, but, but that's just sort of what I'm comfortable with. And I could be playing a lot more, but I just don't enjoy the day-to-day stress of having a ton, a ton of money on the line. Like I, I will for football and NASCAR, like weekly stuff, but I never really go that, that high over one, 2%. Yeah. But it sounds like that you prioritize finding the softest action Yes. Overall, yep. like, you, like you wouldn't like I, I, I'm similar. I'm, I'm a, I, I extend myself more than you. So like to, to say that I'm 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 not the nit of this of this episode. Uh, like, yeah, if someone po- if, if I if in soccer, like in a sport that like I consider to be one of the best in the soccer lobby, if some rando posts a thousand a, a dollar head to head, I'm taking it. Like yeah. it just, and there's some soccer slates where I barely get $700 worth of action. Like it just yeah. like, and I'm not going to play Saramac. I'm not going to play P like there's a pew and old T and whoever the normal regulars in the lobby that like, at, they're probably better than me, but I mean, at worst we're within the rake. So it's like, we're just trading money that yeah. I don't, I don't, since it's not my main sport anymore, it's not the thing that that's what I'm doing. So I got to beat those guys also. Uh, I then I so I have a soccer slate where I only have five hundred dollars worth of action or seven hundred dollars worth of action, but in like basketball and other sports where there's obviously a busier lobby, like I I prioritize the same way as you. I want the softest action, so I'm gonna post at dads, see what gets taken, go into three man lobbies, uh, fill up the 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 single entry double ups with the biggest fields first. Not I never play the multi entry double ups. I try to Same. play the the fifty fifties, the non guaranteeds, but of course they don't fill up all that much. Uh, so I'm trying I'm trying to allocate as much as I can to that, but still I'm trying to play. I'm trying to get still get a return. So while yeah. if if I was to play three thousand dollars like tonight, I mean like just the based on my bankroll tracker, I'm going to be playing thirty eight hundred dollars or so tonight. Like that, it's ten percent of my. bankroll, starting bankroll, according to my spreadsheet, which only was 10% of my overall bankroll to begin with. So technically, I'm still only playing about 1% to 2% as it is. So it's very similar to you. Uh, That $3,800, I'm going to first start filling it up with the softest action I can find. But then once it gets to the, well, I still have $1,500 to fill. Like, I'm not going to go into the multi-entry double-ups or anything like that. But it's like, if I'm playing the same people in my double-ups as in the head-to-head lobby, I'll just let those 50s, those one, I'll just let them just auto-match. Just whoever I play, I play. I know the edge is, I'm, not, I'm, I'm losing edge because overall, but I'm filling my, I'm filling my quota. And yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I'm a dog in those matchups. And I may, maybe I add, I look for overlay at the, at the end, 657. And maybe you find some some a two hundred and fifty dollar double up that you weren't originally in. That's now like eight out of eleven. It's like if I could catch this at ten out of eleven, like okay, that then and then that's where I fill stuff up from there. But like I never go in with the, the this variable notion of like I'm I'm playing three different sites. So if I can't find it on DraftKings, I'm going to find it on FanDuel. If I don't get it yeah. on FanDuel, I'm going to find it on Yahoo, and I'm going to fill up that thirty eight hundred dollars. Regardless, even if the last thousand is really kind of like, really truthfully, do I have to even play? It's so marginal that do I even have to play it? Uh, I'm not sure if we're doing anything that different other than 
Like, I know what my risk is every slate, while you may not know. So, like, when I do get the good slates, I do benefit. Like, it's it's consistent enough where I don't have to, like, to to do what I'm doing on the on the tracker, which is tracker.theoryofdfs.com is what I'm doing for NBA. And it'll be for baseball. There'll be a tab for baseball. Like, it, this can't be a consistent experiment if my action goes... Well, if I sold soft on some days and didn't sell on others, it's like, like there's no constant there. I have to, like, it has to be around 10%, around 60% head to heads. It's not going to be like that every single day, but as long as I'm somewhere close, then I could say over the course of a season, this, this mentality, this system produced X. So, but I mean, you don't, I mean, you're not running a system like this, so you don't have to concern yourself with, but also your goals are so much more meager in comparison to mine. You're playing less volume. I mean, compared to me. So like, like if you were to do what I'm doing, like $25,000 is not, is that's a pretty low goal for that. The type of ROI, like if you're playing three, $4,000 a day, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like then $25,000 is is like, if you can't get that, then maybe you should quit playing DFS. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, at at your level, you're still you're so you're even five years in. You're still at the point where, because I, I I noticed before you said you couldn't take a four figure loss. I mean, I can. I just don't like to. Well, like, I mean, no one likes to, obviously. Yeah. But but <laughs> but I certainly do a lot. Don't worry, I did like a couple days ago. So, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just yeah. Usually, because I have so many head to heads, it's not. I don't get these wipeout type nights. Um, but they happen, especially in NASCAR or, or uh, you know, if one of your players goes down. In NBA, I just have one lineup. So if I have a really bad lineup, I could lose just about everything. Right. If someone um, gets injured, yeah. right. Daniel House gets injured mid-game or something, right? Yeah. It's just like, uh-oh, I hope he's yeah. high-owned because if he's not, I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. But I'm saying, but uh, but it also seems like you're taking, you, t- you try to take as much soft action as you can. The softest that you could find, at least, in comparison. For sure. But yes. also, as far as minimizing risk, that like that your head is more on straight. That you are you are not doing this for a living. No, and I'm happy not to. <laughs> but was there a point where you thought that like this is you could do this for a living, uh, or that you did, that you could do it? For it. Li- you're just not worth the. You like your life as it is, and it's just not worth. The, yeah, the and I, you know, I have because I've been with the with the state for fifteen years or so, and um, you know, health insurance and retire. Like I can retire in another ten uh, ten years or so, and I'm only like thirty eight right now, so I don't want to give that up. You know, so I just I'm very I like my job, and I'm and I'm comfortable doing it, and I and I don't want to have to rely on DF income for like paying any bills or or doing it because you never know what could happen who knows what if it could all go away or, or if the games could get so hard that I, I i never know i can't always bank that i'm still going to be able to you know beat the rake who knows when the day the day could come where i can't and so so i just haven't really and it can and it can be and, it. and but you could also admit that it it's not that the game has gotten harder but maybe you just you you haven't kept up with your skills you never know if that's going to be yeah. The case. See, I think my, I think I feel a lot more confident with my skills now, but the games aren't selling as much for me personally. 
but I do feel like I'm comfortable with myself playing a player of my caliber from one year ago, two years ago, three years ago. You know, I, I, I know there, especially with cash, they're not a, a ton of fish left and it may just, you may just have to play a player that may not have as much experience as you, but is still like playing every day and, and, and still has all those projections. And so it, it just, it depends. I'm just, I just, I'm not trying to like hit anything huge and I've never considered playing for a living just because I've, I've been more invested in my career, honestly. Well, so, but it, if, if it gets to the point where cash games are like, are solved to some extent, or you're basically trading rake, like, would you consider investing the time in like, well, I'm, I'm going to get good at GPPs. Like I'm going to, yes. because I've, I, that's the one thing that it always comes down to, to me, it's like, yeah, I'm trying out these smaller field stuff, right? I'm looking at the field going, I'm playing against the Colts and I'm playing against Rinpack and chip my money and Eric and score patrol. I mean, I'm just going through and it's like, I, there's no one I don't not, no, don't recognize. Yeah. Like really. And no. then I look in the large field GPPs and I download the CSV and I'm like, there's a lot of garbage in here. And it's, yeah. and it's like, like, but those GPPs, hundred K to first and seventh place is a kick in the nuts. And it's like yeah. that. Well, that's why I'm experimenting this year. I'm trying to figure out like right now, just uh, to put things into perspective on my rotor tracker. Right now I'm up. I'll bring it. I'll bring, even bring it up because I, I just uploaded yesterday. So like like this is is right up to date. So for the year, I'm up right now twenty eight thousand dollars. Nice. So now, yeah, including a nice ten k in in a soccer GPP. So like that 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 helps. But let's say like I if if I if I could even half of that over a two month period is fourteen thousand. So you yeah. multiply that by six, that's 60,000, that's $84,000, which is oh, above my goal. Yeah. And you know what's great? I've having at the large field GPP swings, I are, just don't exist anymore. So it's like, how, how do, how do I reconcile that in my head going? I may, I may get, I, it may be more beneficial to get to my goal, which is just 50 to $75,000 a year without playing probably the, the contests that have the biggest edge, which are the large field GPPs. But then on the downside, I, on, I don't have to worry about fucking having to bink one in order to make the money for the entire year. Like it's the, essentially that's exactly. what you need to do. You're going to have to make, you're going to have to win one. If you don't win yeah. one, like you're dead. And that stress no, of just like, and you don't know when yeah. that's going to happen. So like, it could be the beginning of the year. It could be the end of the year. So like, I think I'm more towards your side now, but you have to, you have to admit Jesse, that it's hard to have the cognitive dissonance of, I could play cash games and small field, single entry GPPs with better against better players. And at the end of the year, end up with the same similar amount of money with less stress and less time investment. Cause I'm not building a hundred lineups. Versus playing in the contest with the, the the worst fucking players in it, but it ends up becoming a lottery because, like, outside of the top like hundred lineups, like I just just hope let me get a lineup up there, and then at the end of the day, yeah. it's just variance, and I hope I hope I get there, and I hope I get yeah. there a couple of times throughout the year. Uh, 
but those contests have the most amount of edge. So like, how, why am I not playing those? Like, it's just, it's just from, from a, like a poker perspective. Like, it's like, I see a table with a bunch of crap bad players, but the game is so high variance. That's like, like that. I know that in the long run, I'm going to make more money there, but it may not happen this year. So like, yeah. like, do I want, do I want to go on that journey versus playing in a game that was much more stable and I see, I look at the table and there's 10 people there. I'll be the 10th person. And there's seven good, seven players that I'm like, oh, I'm not getting any money from. And then like two other players that are like kind of average. And I'm like, like, uh, yeah, I could probably make money in this game. But, you know, in the if we play, if I was able to sit at each table for five years, I'm going to make more money in the, the fishy, high variance, splash around the pot game. But... In the five-year period, there in my second year, I actually maybe down eighty thousand dollars, like in the, yeah. in the process. <laughs> so like, like you seem to you seem to have it under control. You seem to have no like you don't mind playing against other decently good players if that's what the chance is and that is what it is. If you find good action, you find good action, and I I don't know how to I don't know how you not look at the large field GPPs. Knowing what? that there's soft, because you're because you're specifically looking for the softest action, and you yeah, know it's there, so, and you still don't play it. Well, so I do for NASCAR. Like, here's an example. Like this Sunday, what what is I it? What, what is what is what is it? Why does NASCAR? Why would you do it for NASCAR but not for NBA or MLB or or, or NFL? NBA is just NBA is just too tough with the kids. Like having it be on. Oh, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a late swap thing. It's not a, it's not yeah, a, let that it's not too. a sport yeah. And then just managing uh, when I, when I take focus away from my cash lineup and I don't, I'm not, I, I don't just run an optimal at six fifty nine. you know, I, when I take focus away from you my cash You say that like that's today, bad. That's what I do. No, no, I know. I know. But <laughs> when I, hey, if you can't beat it, don't, that, don't complain. Hey, if you can't beat it, that's yeah. on you. Yeah, true. But so like a good example, like NASCAR this Sunday, I got second in the mini max. What I do is I do the JG method where I flood the low stakes with 150. So I have like 900 entries. I, I, I copy paste my 150. I put it in the mini max and then I scatter them across all the dime times, all the quarters, all the dollars, all the $2, the $3, the $4. Um, so that, so the lineup I got in that tournament, would have won the $20, 20 max. So I did the math and I said, well, you know, I had a 13% chance to get that lineup in the 20 max, which would have been 25 K. So, so I was just, and, and instead of being like, I hate when people do that, like, Oh, I didn't have this in the right tournament. I just looked at it from a mathematical standpoint. I, I won, you know, over four figures with what I had because I had, um, I had the lineup in the mini max. I had it in a $2, had it in a quarter arcade, but just to give yourself a 13% chance to have that lineup in the $20, uh, $4.20 max and win 25K is, is exciting. So I totally see – I love 150ing. I just don't have the time with basketball. It would be t- my wife would divorce me, honestly. So, so, it's, <laughs> right, so it's, it's less, it's less the, the risk tolerance and more of the, of the time. Like, like the, that's oh, why, like, what? golf, I could see you – like – the stuff where it's like it's you done once. There's not really a late swap element. There's not a late lock. I mean, the only thing in golf that you probably have to do, and it, it only happens once in a blue moon, is you know wake up by seven o'clock in the morning or whatever, 
just in case Louis Ou stays in or or Jason Day withdraws. I mean, it, it's yeah. always the same fucking guys, right? Yeah. So you'd, right, you have to go. Okay, if I'm playing Louis o, Louis o in my lineups, that means I got to wake up early because yeah. who knows? <laughs> or that or Daniel Berger, it, it, it takes one fucking swing and then withdraws and then he fucks everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I can understand. So 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 you I okay. So it's it has nothing to do with. Yeah, it's a quality of life thing. It's mm. just you know I grew up with a single mom, so I'm very. Uh, conscientious about being the best father I can be, and, and D- DFS takes a takes a lot away from the kids already. So I, I mean, I've I've been, tr- you know, what does Levitan say? Smell the roses. I've been trying to just take more days off. You know, I know man, that I'm pretty much the opposite of Man going. It sounded like he needed an intervention or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I love that guy. But I, I trust me, if I was as good at NBA as he was, I probably wouldn't take days off either. But <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a quality of life thing. And another thing, we we sold our house over the summer and the housing market in Vermont right now is booming. So we made a good chunk of change on that. And and I had originally told my wife that I was going to give give up half my DFS bankroll to, um, to buy a new house. But we're actually, we decided to rent now because, you know, it's kind of fishy to, to, to sell high and then buy high. So we're kind of just waiting out the market. Right, because uh, the housing market is like, is it's a, it's, a, it's a extreme seller's market. Oh yeah, you'll get you'll get a crappy house will get 20 showings the first day and there'll be uh, offers 30,000 40,000 over list and you make an offer 20,000 over list and you're done, you know. So we decided to, you know, play it smart, but but so part of my reluctancy is that I am saving a part of my bankroll for that eventually mm-hmm. um, cuz that's sort of been my end game anyway. Um, well, we're, we and, both have this, it's, it's kind of weird. We're both that that's the, my end game also It's like DFS is going to buy us a house. Yeah, like that, exactly. that's, that, I mean, to me that, that was, that was my, that, that was the, not the end goal, but like the, and I'm in the same spot as you, like, look at the housing market now, like where, where we're yeah. currently renting. And it's like, people, it's like people are getting offers on houses without showings for, yeah. for 20%, 25% above list. I'm like, oh yeah. Why the? F- and, but obviously, mortgage rates are low, so it's like three well, years ago. Yeah, but the, but the problem is, you're getting to you. Who cares? You're paying that interest, and the house isn't worth that much. Like, I'd rather yeah. the housing the, the housing prices go down and me pay more mortgage. But what I'm hoping for is that, like, I'm not going to have much of a mortgage because I'm going to be essentially paying for you know sixty plus percent of it just. Same, yeah, up, same here. Like up front, yeah. I don't want to pay mortgage interest. Like, like my yeah. goal, my goal is to never pay interest on anything because it's why not just save the money and just fucking buy it. And yeah. I, but of course, I don't want to spend a hundred percent. I don't want to buy it outright because then a month later, some bullshit happens and the house blows up, and then yeah. it's like it turns out that something disclosed on the sale, and then you have to go to court, and then you don't get that money for four years. So, lost if you finance something, then at least you. Know, you know, like throwing all your money away, but of course this yeah. isn't this, but it's still, it's still the same, uh, Jesse, it's the same mentality of what, what are the boring things? Like, <laughs> like you're making, you're make you made the smart choice of like, yes, renting sucks. Right. But oh, yeah. you're going to save more money. Even if you pay a year's worth of rent, you're going to save more by getting a better house when the, when the market. Oh yeah. And I don't have to. I don't have to mow the fucking lawn. I don't have to go to the dump. I'm, I love it. My wife doesn't like the the smaller space, but I freaking love it. I have more time with the kids, more time for DFS. I mean, it's it's been great for me. 
But event, but essentially, but you're viewing it as an investment, and the most prudent thing to do is yes. And you want to find the soft wife. action, and you're yeah. finding that all, all, all the you look around in the housing market, and all you see is Empire Maker. Exactly, and communicating that to my wife has been the the difficult part, but she's really starting to get on board. Like, why do we want to buy high? And, and, and what if we want to sell in five years and the, and the market's back? To, and, and yeah, so I think she really gets it. He, she's not a fan of renting, but she definitely is on board now, which is nice. So, I mean, but I mean, but you had these clear goals from the beginning. I mean, to me, to, you're 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 the you're the ant you're a lot of anti what people would think of when they think of a DFS player. Oh, yeah. And and what. One thing, like November, I had my worst downswing um, of my career in four years or so. And I started to really think, well, what is a bankroll? How much more am I willing to lose before I just walk away? So maybe what I actually have in my bankroll isn't my true bankroll, you know? And that's kind of that was kind of another eye opener to, to not play as big. Uh, cause I, you know, what do you call it? A stop loss or something like, mm. like there's, there's a, a certain point where you'd have to ask yourself, well, maybe I can't beat the games anymore. And maybe, you know, this, this so-and-so thousands of dollars is where, is where I'm out. And I'm just going to say, okay, the rest is goes to our house, you know? So it's just stuff like that just made me really consider, uh, how I should be approaching my DFS play as well. Oh, well, that's why I just like to look for extra income sources. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, to me, I, I I meant what I said on that the first episode of the new year when I feel ashamed that I made more money content-wise than I did in DFS because that was the first time that I I played DFS to play DFS. I play that's that's the reason I I play is to yeah. make money playing. Yeah, the, the course, the roto grinder stuff. That's 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 to me. That's the safety net. That's the like I'm I'm doing all this stuff anyway. So why can't I get on a show? Why can't I? I mean, I'm not writing out picks. I don't do that type of stuff. So it's like people ask me questions. They ask me the yeah. same questions a million times. Why don't I put it together in one place so I can be I can be fast asleep? And so yeah. and, and, and someone could just buy and, and you could listen to me anytime you want. And that's like that to me. That's like the residual type of income. But I, that. I didn't get into this to, to do that. Yeah. Like to, to me, it was like, I did, yes, I have a, these are the side things. And if I make money off of that, great. I mean, that to me, that's, that's, that's a smart investment. I'm not, I don't have to do it every day. Right. Yeah. The course could sell itself for five years, 10 years from now. Okay, great. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm playing for a living. You're, you're not even playing for a living yet. You still treat your, DFS play as if it is like you you have budgeted in this money as part of your of, of your income of your lifestyle. Yeah, totally. And we were you know we were looking at houses a couple of years ago and we we put in an offer on a house that was a little out of our price range. And I said to my wife, uh, I will come up. It was only like one hundred and fifty dollars extra a month that we kind of were concerned about. And I said, I will I will come up with that. At a, I'll just pay that out of DFS. And the, even that was a little alarming to me. Like I didn't want to ever have to depend on any DFS income for bills. I always just wanted to use it for like vacations or saving for a house or something like that. So, but, but, you know, Hey, it would have worked out and, and it's just good to know we have that as a, as a safety net as well. well I mean, the, not DFS as a DFS as an, as a luxury. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's not really a safety net. I mean, banked over the years. Like when I won my first GPP, when I won the thirty thousand, you know, I put it was January first that I won, so I was all worried. I had to wait a whole year for taxes, mm-hmm. so we ended up putting most of it in in, in her IRA. Uh, you know, to, to avoid some taxes and everything. And, and so, and that money is stuff that you can take out for a house too, which is really nice. So, right. And in a Roth, you could do it, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. So your first, so, like your 10,000 or $15,000. Yeah. So I use the rest to pay taxes and now it's just sitting there. So yeah, I can't get a divorce, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> she has it. <laughs> no, I, I, I like, I like bringing people on the show that this is, this is the reality of DFS. And it's it's not all like, well, I want a million dollars here and five hundred thousand dollars. Like to me, to me, this is this is approachable. Like to 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 me, if, if most people that play recreationally to make oh, I can make twenty five thousand dollars a year, fifty thousand, seventy five thousand I to me, to me it's doable. It's not but it's just that it's not it's not sexy. Yeah. It's not and it's you're not you're going to want to quit a few times a year. Yes. I, I still do. I mean, it's it's not sexy. It's It can be stressful as hell, and the wins don't feel like wins, and the losses feel horrible. The wins feel like you're just doing your job, you know? <laughs> right. I, 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 right. The, the wins aren't – to me, wins are just eh, and the losses are – yeah, right. I, I think that's a good yeah. way of describing it. I feel horrible, like, I, 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 you know, on an NFL week where you bomb, and, like, at my volume, like, that's like – that could be eight to nine thousand dollars, and it's just like, well, that sucks. And I know that like that that bad of a loss means that like, outside of GPP stuff, like, I'm gonna that it's gonna take me a month to dig out of that hole. Yeah, it's gonna it's yes. gonna take a while to dig out of one bad week will set you back a month. Or oh two. yeah, that's how I felt in November totally. And luckily, I dug out in December, but it was not a fun month either. Just being down that much, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but that's but but when you're playing, I think it's a little bit different when if you're playing one two percent, sub five percent. Like you have to, if you think in terms of percentages, it obviously when you think in terms of five thousand, eight thousand, like what you think of what can I buy with that? And you go, oh my god, I lost, I lost a Honda Civic, I lost a used Honda Civic or something like that. But when you think in the grand scheme of if you have a two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollar bankroll, it's like. I mean, dude, my stock portfolio goes down and up and down on a daily basis. I mean, it's a weird dynamic to go like, I can look at my stock portfolio, go down 3% and be like, oh, it's a down day in the stock market and tomorrow goes up 1%. And then, you know, by the end of the month, it's actually up. But 3%, if you have a, if you have a $200,000 bankroll, a 3% loss is, is six grand. Yeah. So like when we lose six grand, it's like, well, that sucks. And your yeah. dad, like, I got to dig myself out of that. Yet that's like, like your, your stock portfolio could like that's yet. I could look at that and go like, uh, it's, it's not, it's not like it's, I, I look at my, uh, like no, no Invesco QQQ, like the, none of these NASDAQ 100 business, they're not going into business, right? Like, yeah, like, exactly. it's like none of these things are going to zero. Like maybe they go to zero 30 years from now, but like, I don't have to worry about Apple. Like, oh yeah. my God, Apple's down 3% today. I got, oh, I got to, now I got to get a job. Like, like no, Apple's still going to be around. It's not, you're not going to yeah. lose all your money in the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, people, I mean, they could follow you. Mule, Mule Man G or is it Mule Mang? 
Mule Mang, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so what, why is it called Mule Mang then? Why not Muley Haven? Is that taken? I don't even remember, honestly. I li- I used to listen to a lot of Ween back then, and they had uh, they always used to always say Mang in a lot of their songs. So I don't know. I don't know, man. So <laughs> is it Mule- Ween? Aren't they from your neck of the woods? Ween? <laughs> yeah, you heard of them? No, I've heard I've heard the band name before. I've never heard oh, the okay. music. Yeah, I don't know. What, I can never tell when people say my neck of the woods because, like, I'm originally from New York City. Oh, okay. so like I live in Louisville, but I mean, I always have to say, yeah, like, yeah. I don't, Louisville's <laughs> not my hometown. Do I sound yeah. like I'm from Kentucky? No. <laughs> I got to tell you one funny story before we go, Jordan. Um, I'm at the park with my kids. This was Sunday, the NASCAR slate. I'm at the park with my kids. I get, I, I had crunched all my, you know, 900 lineups, put them all in the spreadsheet. I had my cash lineup worked out that somebody got sent to the back Bowman or somebody, but it didn't really matter that much. About half hour before the slate starts, Hamlin gets sent to the back. He was on the pole, which totally changes the dynamics for his scoring. He gets sent to the back. I get the alert on my phone. We drove my wife's car there. My wife didn't have her coat. It was freezing. I, I, I grab her keys. I, I jump into the car and I go, I got to go home. I'm leaving you guys here. I drove home. I, cr- I re-crunched. I had about a minute to spare and I got my cash lineup. I didn't even have time to run any projections. I just hand built my cash lineup the last minute. Luckily somehow picked Byron who ended up winning it. I drive back to the, the park. My wife is just so upset with me. She's pissed she she we drive she's already ready to leave because she's cold i brought the, i brought their jackets we drive to the store she drops me off to get some beer for the race i come back out she's gone she went out and left me at the store i thought hey that's warranted man that's uh how, how much did you win oh i think i, I won like uh 1100 oh yeah so i won 1100 she recently, like last week, she actually finished her online uh, master's. And so I gave her, the next day I gave her a card with 500 bucks in it. A congratulations, like graduation cards. Right. <laughs> That's you, what you got to do. You learn, you, you, you watch my video. You learn the first rule of DFS. Yes. The first rule of DFS is when you win, you bribe your significant other. But it's one of those things where you you left your wife and kids behind at a park. It's freezing cold. Your wife forgot her coat and is like, this is my life now. And the Friday before the power had gone out at my apartment, somebody hit like a traffic light or something and we don't have uh, service here. So I had to drive to the McDonald's parking lot to do my lineups. And it was like, okay, you know, it's a weekend of this. She must be horrified. You have to get a generator then. If that's the case, you should get a generator. I know. Well, you know, I live in the middle of town now in the suburbs and it, the power never goes out. It was on some freak thing, but yeah. Okay. It's but crazy. I, mean, I would get, a, I would get a generator. Yeah. Right. I thought you'd enjoy that though. It's like one of those, like, this is my life now, huh? Well, I know ne- I never go anywhere. See, the difference is, is that I have no kids and I don't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. So that's, like, well, what's the, that's the way to play DFS. Right. That's exactly. I have a perfect <laughs> DFS life of like, yeah. uh, I don't really, there's, there's never a situation where like, and, but, but I do, if me and my wife are going out or doing something, those are the days I just don't play DFS. Yeah. Like it just, it, there's no, there's, there's a, there's a separation there of, yeah. of like, you know, yeah, maybe I don't even want to even have a, the, the stress of like, well, I got to check my lineups. I got to check starting lineups. Right. I, I get a notification. Is that, does, is the pitcher, even in baseball, did the pitcher get scratched? Yeah. It's like, 
dude, DFS will be there. Like, yeah. you don't have to play every slate. It's just, it is what it is. Because you don't, you you don't, you probably don't play like every slate, like the turbo. No, I've been or... taking a lot. Like, I took yesterday off, not realizing the All Star break is on what starts Friday. So yeah. I was like, well, I guess I shouldn't. I didn't know I had a big break coming up. But yeah, I've been trying to take like one or two weekdays off just to be more present with the kids. Um, it just, it's a lot. You know, I heard you talking about NBA burnout on one of the last pods. And right, it's, it's just it's, mentally it's draining. Real. It's just like, oh, yeah. I, just want, I don't want to have to deal with this tonight and just like, whatever. So yeah. that's why a lot of times I'm just playing cash. Like I, like sometimes even, even making like five single entry GPP lineups, I'm just saying I'm mentally drained. I There's a lot of news today. I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to be using projections as it is. So it's like yeah. at, at seven o'clock lock, six fifty-five. Give me the lineup for each site, and then. But I see when the tip-offs are of uh, the of the next seven thirty. There's the next thing. So at seven twenty-five, did anything get updated? Okay, then I go through and I like to me that's mindless because it's like I'm I don't have to make any mental energy because my the way that I'm doing NBA in cash, it, it, the whole purpose is to do no mental energy. Yeah. Do you did no? I like do, that. Do, do, do you? Do you find that experiment in, ex- intriguing? I mean, it's- oh yeah. I mean, I know a couple. Like I said, a couple of my buddies are doing that, and they're they're making out like bandits. So I think. It's- but do you, do you think do you think it's a bad thing though? No, I do. Do you when you run your optimal, do you factor in late swap? Like, do, or do you, like if there's a questionable guy late? See, no. that's where I would say it's not optimal. But if it's working for you, no, I mean, no, I know it's the- not. No, okay, no, no, no. I I know that's not optimal. But I, but the purpose of the, 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 perp, the, the thesis is, can I take my projections, which are the Roto-Grinders projections, and can I run, can I profit at the end of the season on all three sites, diversifying? So the key part of it is the diversification yeah. of multiple sites, multi, inside, playing head-to-heads, like, and triple-ups, and like, like I'm spending most of my time throughout the day just entering contests yeah. and weighing. And also I'm looking sometimes at like six o'clock because when now I have to like find the last like thousand of my volume and I'll look and I'll see based on what the top optimal is. I go, DraftKings, I'm fading Westbrook. I, I probably shouldn't do that, but like that's mathematically, that's what it's telling me. Yeah. But I know Westbrook's going to be 70% in cash Maybe th- and then on DraftKings, I'm just going to start entering triple ups because I'll get the I'll get at least if I'm right, if the thing is right. And then maybe I play more of the volume on FanDuel. And I go, and that's a, and if you're fading a 70% guy, you might as well just scoop the whole lobby, right? Right. Because you're going to be fine against even regulars. So that, right. that's, what I, that's right. What I'm, I do I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not withdrawing my head to heads or anything. I'm just yeah. like, I actually want to stay away from the double ups. I want to be basically being triple ups and yeah. head to heads. Or if I'm going to play $3,800 worth of volume, I'm going to play more of it on Yahoo because at least I look at my Yahoo lineup and go, yeah, that looks, that looks like a, that looks, that looks like something that I would have chosen to play rather than, than just whatever mathematically it tells me. But to me that those, those are the keys to that. But the thing I'm, the thing I'm concerned about is that like I'm doing this, I know in the grand scheme, there are plenty of people that don't listen to me, watch me, don't know anything about Roto-Grinders or nothing. But like you said, you have friends that are essentially doing what I'm doing. And if it turns out that at the end, because like right now, 
on my cash bankroll tracker, I'm up $18,769. Yeah, I post awesome. this publicly. Yeah. Uh, and I show the chart and everything. And I'm down on DraftKings, but way up on FanDuel. Uh, like, what happens if everyone's... So, I mean, like, what, I, what I'm trying to prove is that if you have a good enough projections, that they're... The market is still inefficient enough that that alone can make you enough of an ROI that, I mean, how from a time efficiency, we talked a lot about time efficiency on this episode. Yeah. How appealing is it to say, imagine telling someone, do, do you know anything about basketball? And they go, no. N- literally never seen the game played. Yeah. Never seen it played. Don't have no clue what the scoring is. Never heard of any of the players. Don't even understand it. And say, well, I'm going to give you this this uh, CSV file. And uh, at these times, <laughs> press a button. Yeah. And then enter a lineup into this thing. And then, and, like, and then at the end, at, and you're going to do that for six months. You're going to start with $20,000. And then you're going you're gonna to end up tripling your money. Like... Like from, from the up. perspective, we're talking about time efficiency, the most amount of money for the least amount of risk and the least amount of time. How is that not, how, how does that not, you, how do you, how do you beat that of like, like other than hiring someone, hiring someone for five bucks an hour to do it for me. Yeah. Right. So I don't even have, I don't even literally don't even have to do it at all. Yeah. So, but don't you think the byproduct is, is that obviously the more efficient the market gets, the less that this this could possibly be or it could be that over the course of this season it's profitable but the methodology is actually negative ev just so happens to be positive variance like yeah. i'm thinking of all the caveats of of like if i, I do, if, if i could... do make money is this is this sustainable or if i don't make money is does it prove anything like yeah. I mean, because like, are my choices better than others? I mean, I, I just don't know, but I can't, I can't judge it without a benchmark. So to me, if I could use this season as a benchmark to go, well, I did it exactly this way this season, ended up with X. Uh, I could decide to do that next season, or I. It, but the thing is, is that it's not necessarily the roto grinders' projections. It could be your own model. I mean, like to me, it's the same thing. You could use Fantasy Labs. Use ETR, use yeah. aggregate them all together, use whatever you want. But the thing, the thing that, that most DFS players would be, would find the an, an anathema of is that like, I'm not using my brain, like this, 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 this methodology and uses no brain power. What's like, like you asked me, Oh, do you take into account late swaps? It's like, no, that the purpose of me is so, like I'm, I'm literally making no decisions. If the projections get updated at six fifty-seven, whatever the hell it is, it is. And I know that Harrison Barnes and so and so maybe are more likely. I could read through the tea leaves, but they're yeah. still listed as questionable, and I'm going to treat them like they're in the projections. And if something happens late and whatever, because for every time that the swap, like you should have waited for the better value. There are plenty of other times where you wait for the, and it doesn't come or you get the value and it still doesn't get there. So like, to me, it's a wash. And if to me, staying as a constant of, do I have to think about this? And if the answer is yes, then it's not part of this method. Like it, yeah. it has to be something where I could let my wife do it. 
Yeah. And she <laughs> would be able to do it perfectly as well. Because that's the only way I think you could get that benchmark. So let me ask you this. at Say at 759, are you going in to your, say you're using RG Optimizer, RG Optimal, are you going in and, lock, and locking the guys that have games that have started yes. and then Xing out the games? So yes. you're still running them through the night at least. Right, right. Yeah, quitting. projections change okay. if LeBron's right. out and what, yeah. I'm doing, yeah, but I mean, I'm locking. But right. the, the guys in the beginning, it's like if I locked in, like we had yesterday, in case Embiid was out, you would have played all the Sixers and okay. not as much of the Hornets. Like, yeah. well, now I have Milton in my lineup and Danny Green in my, like, and then, okay. but if something yeah, happens we later, we're, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But no, 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 I'm not just like plugging in at seven and then just going on with my life. I mean, cause well, it's NBA. Yeah. Baseball. I may not have to rarely ever have to do that because most of the lineups are going to be in worst case scenario. The Dodgers or the giants have a late lineup and you then the batting order has changed. Most likely that's not going to change, but no, 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 no. I, I, you thought, you thought I was just setting it. Yeah. And no, no. Yeah. No, but the only, the other thing is, is like I'm also not late swapping if I'm behind, because that's yeah, another I'm, thing. Because like I can't, I can't have it, I can't have my cake and eat it too. So like if I know that in the last game, like De'Aaron Fox is chalk, and he's the last spot in my lineup, and I'm ten points below the cash line, and everyone has the same PMR, like I should be switching to Buddy Heald. I should be switching. I should be if I was if I had the choice. Yeah, but for if this, you're man going it, no days off, you know. Right, right. No, I, but I know, <laughs> I know that that's the optimal decision, and yeah. I know that once I stay on Fox, I've essentially said I'm losing thirteen hundred dollars tonight, like yeah. because like there's, there's almost no way for me, maybe some head to heads or something, but for the, the the integrity of like the methodology, I can't. How do I swap? I mean, like the whole point yeah, no, is for me to not make any decisions, so. And there are plenty of times where it's worked out where I look at the lineup and go, God damn it, I'm ne- I would never play this line. I look at this and I go, I feel like I'm donating tonight. Right? You look and you go, it's trying to jam. Because a lot of times it, the, the medians, it, you're trying to jam in stars and scrubs. Yeah. And you look at this $3,800 guy and you go, why the fuck am I playing the guy that's going to play 16 minutes? Because yeah. he has high usage of 0.92 point per minute. And you're like, holy shit, I hope this fucking guy gets there. Yeah. And if he doesn't, I'm dead. And then, then he puts up 35 points and saves the shit out of me at, at 8% ownership or something. Like, for every good thing, there's, there's going to be a bad thing. Exactly. But I just, I just, I just I, one thing I hope is that, that uh, if, if you're paying attention to the experiment, that, that I don't want so, more and more people <laughs> replicating it. Because then what do I do? What do I just, I play the second optimal now? Because the differences are... are I've always said that, like, dude, the top like five lineups you can make from your projections are typically like, like nothing from each other. Oh yeah. That's why I don't care. I'll, I don't care about going down a little or, I mean, what is back test them at the end of the night. Right. <laughs> you know, right. We'll see how but do you think I should do, I, I, I said, I think last week that if this works out, that maybe next, next year I aggregate or I use one, but I use like a, a six sided die. Yeah, and just, I and just and just like because the whole the, but the thing is that I have to take the choices out. But obviously, if everyone's just going to be like whatever the top projected lineup is, like they're going to play also. Like there's going to be more expected value, especially in triple ups and three mans for the second one. But then yeah. people will play the second. Like it's it it becomes this game theory thing of like 
what do people think that you think that you think type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And and very similar in Rochambeau and rock, paper, scissors. Like if you could use a randomizing device, you're unbeatable. You can't, you, I mean, that's the Nash equilibrium. You can't, you can't possibly be beaten. Now you're not going to win, but you can't possibly be beaten if you have an equal distribution that could be randomized in, in rock, paper, scissors, not saying that you'd ever be doing that, but there's no bias you could have because no one could look at you and go, I think he's going to go rock. It's like, I'm going to go whatever the, the, whatever the, the dice say, and you're not going to know that there's, and you can't predict that. So like, am I being over concerned about, about this? About No, it's working, right? I mean, no, but no, 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 but I, it may work too well. I don't want it to work that well. Yeah. Well, give it, give it another season, maybe. I just, I don't want people also doing the same thing. That, but, but that's the main reason why I told like Cardi, I said the bad projections, you got to, got to raise the price. Yeah. I wish a lot of those, I wish um, ETR would raise, I wish a lot of people would raise prices. I mean, you, you, you use, uh, you, you don't just, you, you don't do your own projections. No, I, I try to aggregate. Sometimes there's not enough time. Um, you can also use TDA, which is an aggregate. And there's another site that I use that I'm like 99.9% sure it is an aggregate, but they don't advertise it as such. So, I, but I really like them. Um, and I won't say who it is cause I'm not sure I don't want to like slander them or anything <laughs> or say something that's not true, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, stuff you can use, but, but it's good to check the optimals too, to see what other people um, might be on that just sub to one site, you know? Right. Cause you'll look and you go, Oh, uh, PJ Dozier is going to be chalky, right? You're going to go and you look yeah. and you go, cause like and one like, source has him a slightly higher and it and shoves him in instead of someone else. And then yeah, you go to another side and you go, Oh, people are going to pay up for this guy more like, and obviously if you aggregate, you're going to get it kind of a, a sense of yeah, all that. DR, anyway. You know, DR has been a little off the board this year. I think in many cases it's been good, uh, but their, their optimals I find will often look a lot different than some of the stuff you'll see around the industry. So yeah, it just, it just depends. Right. I just, I just, I, but a lot of people don't, don't know that, don't know, like, it's like, dude, you could just press a button and print money. <laughs> like I, I, how, how do you want that? Do you want that to get out? I mean, no, not really, I guess. <laughs> right. That, but do you understand the difference? It's like, I'm doing this experiment. I'm using my own money. So obviously yeah. I want to win. I want to win money. I'm putting yeah. my own money on the line saying that this could, this is going to be profitable. So that's the bet that I'm making. Instead of betting someone else or doing a projection challenge or anything, I'm just like, I think I could just take one source and play it like this. And yeah, in this course of one slate, anything could happen. But at the end of the season, end up with an ROI that would be similar to if I put the time in to do it myself. Yeah. If that's the case, then why am I spending the time to do it myself? So Yeah, because what it you know, what are the brain plays? How much are the brain plays from your head going to beat the ones from the optimizer and, and vice versa? You know, I think I bet I'm sure it's all a wash. The right. The two V twos and the, all that type of, I mean, cause I take a look at everyone else's lineup. I take a look at Mangone's lineup and go, okay, he played that line. I know what the lineups are. Yeah. I look and I, yeah. I know that it's going to, I'm going to get, there's going to be a combination of like kind of these four lineups. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he, who played that? And empire played that. Occasionally, and Unical plays a, a 2% certain... owned guy, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but I mean, whatever. 
and, and we hope to have a certain amount of our action against people that aren't even on that 2v2. Right. You know, it's like that's how we make money. And if we can sell like a 109 or a 215 or a couple of 50s like that, that that can really help too. You know? Yeah, but the more and more I talk about it, the more and more maybe those two, 109s and 215s end up having the same fucking lineup as me. Could be. I mean, I see that I'd say it's about half and half with me. Sometimes it's a 2v2 or it's something that looks sharp. Sometimes it's complete garbage that fades the Raptors. So I don't, it, it just depends on the night sometimes. You know? uh, okay. So uh, Mule Mang, Mang, Mule Mang. Yep. M U L E M A N G. Right. <laughs> And uh, you, you, have, you have nothing else to plug, right? You're not doing anything. No, I don't. I don't do any uh, services. I'm always happy to um, answer DMs. I get a lot of. After I did the John pods and the articles, I got a lot of uh, DMs from people to, wanting to know about cash. A lot of GPP guys. So I'm always happy to answer questions. Right, and you're you're a true grinder. You're we're gr- we're the grinders. We're 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 of the course, true grinders. Yeah. We're the yeah the you it's know. Been, you make eight hundred dollars in a day. Who cares? Okay, great. Okay, give it to me. Yeah, it's been a great four years. I've taken my kids on lots of great vacations and and bought clothes and done stuff for my wife. And I'm really happy I found DFS as tough as it can be at times. You know, it's been, and most, it's been and, a nice run. And many of the people in the community are nice. They are some of my be- well. You lose so many of your real life friends, right? Being in this bubble. <laughs> So yeah, uh, my God, I have made some of the best people I've ever met are in DFS. And some of the worst people you've ever met. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's why you got to get those secret discords. Right, the people you like. The secret you know? chat, right? It's all yeah. about the secret chat, whatever yeah. that is. <laughs> Don't invite the fish to the secret chats. Right, of course. When everyone has the same lineup, because yeah, you know the four, fourteen players are underpriced, and that's the only lineup you could possibly put together. Exactly. Right, because I see that. Like you have to say, like we never talked, right? You take no, a look no. and he's like, everyone, oh, everyone's colluding. It's like, dude, yeah. I want to beat these fucking people. Yeah. Like, I thought that was the best lineup. And that's apparently everyone else did also because it was that yeah. obvious. Uh, okay. So uh, the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Pick it up. Theoryofdfs.com.